to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Kabili off the seas out now. He puts a kick out. Croak is there against him. Oh, Jared Croaker! What a catch by the skipper! Come join us as we go Behind the Limelight. Absolutely. G'day. Hello and welcome to another edition of Behind the Limelight, the official Canberra Raiders podcast. I'm Raider Nick. And once again, joined by the usual panellists, Mr. Ben Pollock, Tommy Logan. G'day, gents. Hey, Nick. How are you, mate? I'm good. Talk about some cool things. We're going to preview. Let's review last week first. We'll preview this week. Another home game against the Cowboys. We're going to have a special guest join us, Nicky Cottridge or Nick Cottridge. We'll get to that as well. We'll get to that. Also, back in time in the 89s, uh, Raiders outside back, Matthew Wood. So we'll see what he's... I uh, saw him at the... He was at Magic Weekend, guest of ours in the show. yes. Yeah, he was a really good fella. Um, yeah. And he still bleeds right, green. Right. Come back and join us as we take you... Behind the line. All right, gents, before we talk about the games, uh, sadly on Saturday afternoon we all got the news. Quinton Pongia, former Canberra Raiders player, played here at the club between 93 and 97. Really respected man around the club. Passed away. Uh, we all knew that he wasn't doing the best in the last 18 months or so, and that really added to the emotion of the game on Saturday. I think, uh, you know, seeing in the sheds there, the posters put up there, and that showed how much he was respected in the club, Benny. He, obviously, he came back in 2009, 2011, those years. Um, sad, man, really sad. T- too young. That's right. Dave Ferner brought him back um, as an assistant coach. Uh, and I remember the first time I met him, it was around that time when he first came back. And I, like everyone, I knew him as the, the hard man that played football for mm. the Raiders and was a big part of that 94 premiership. And, and from the moment that I met him, he, he made you feel welcome. He was mm. a, a great guy. Um, don't get me wrong, he um, he had his hot streak in him. He was quite yeah. opinionated and he, he liked to stand up for what he believed in and, um, you know, sometimes he'd butt heads with his with his coaching staff and his players and stuff like that, but it was always in the best interests of yeah. uh, of the club and um, he was just a, a, a wonderful man and a, a real fighter. I mean, he, um, he went through some really tough periods mm. over the last um, you know, two years really or whatever it was that he was, that he was sick and... Um, you know, not once did he did he whinge and, and put his head down. He he always stood himself up and and kept on fighting like he did on the footy field. And, and you know, a very sad moment uh, when the news came through on Saturday morning. Um, I actually had to ring Ricky and, and let him know because I wasn't sure if he'd known or not. Mm. And um, yeah, it was quite an emotional day for everyone involved, yeah. not only for us but also uh, the Manly Football Club as well. And former Raiders football manager John Bonacera yeah. um, was really close with Q um, in those last months when. Um, the uh, prognosis wasn't great uh, and I spoke to JB on Saturday as well too and he's now at the Manly Club and it yeah. was really hard for them as well. Um, just shows what great respect he had right across the game. Also seeing, you know, former Canberra Raiders and current uh, Manly back row, Joel Thompson, he would have been here when Q he was, was here yep, but- and he really, you know, he had a bit of a personal tribute on him as well. Really fascinating story about Quinton Pongy, the fact that Look, we all know what happened to the Canberra Raiders with that salary cap drama in 91. We lost a lot of players because of that, and we lost our props. We lost Glenn Lazarus, Brent Todd, brought in Paul Osborne to kind of be a guy that could do the job. But Tim Sheens went out in the hunt to find some brand-new props, and he went to the Pacific Cup there in 93 with Dean Lance and then uh, came back with a couple of guys you might have heard of, Ruben Wickey, Noel Andruku, Johnny Lomax, and one of them was Quinton Pongia. And the fact you you would have remembered Ben back in the 90s, so uncanny – Props such an important position. They're the, they're the guys that get you go forward because if they don't go forward, no. you don't score your tries. You don't get anywhere on the football field. Your game of chess is all over the place. And for them to make a, such a dynamic impact, Quinton Pongia to make a, such a dynamic impact playing from the New Zealand local stuff to come to the Winfield Cup, 
and they won the, the two weeks challenge that year on the back of them dominating their football within a year or so that they were playing Kiwis. Just extraordinary player and, and extraordinary to his teammates. He probably didn't get the accolades of, say, a Johnny Lomax and a Ferner and a Clyde, but he was so instrumental. He played in a team of superstars and uh, his role in that team was to, to do a job and he did that. And I think it's a measure of the type of person that he was that none of that stuff worried him. He didn't yeah. care that he wasn't um, getting the, the same sort of when he when I when he came back here as coach and we talked, I had a few chats to him about what it was like during that time. He said, mm. "Mate, I just turned up and did my job," and that's exactly how he, how he explained it. You know, that, that's how, that's what he did. Say so he was in a team full of superstars. I got the fortunate opportunity to go pre-game, which was rare back in the nineties in the Sheds. It was a game against the, the Magpies here in '95, so it was the year after Mal retired and Ricky was the, the captain, and that was. The time before cameras were in the change rooms on Fox Sports and whatnot, so it was very, very animated and very colourful in there. And he, seeing him, was such an extraordinary way of how he had his ritual pre-game. And later, I heard that that's how he did it every week. And he would just stay in the corner and just really fire himself up in his own way, red line, and then take that red line and then start firing up the young forwards. You look the Vicos of the world, those those kind of guys, Brett Hetherington, those younger guys, fire the forwards up, start whacking Johnny Lomax on the back. And then walk in and start going on the outside backs. They ran out in the field and took that red line all from Q. He was the one that was kind of behind all their, their force. And, mm. and you can see how they played. And, and Andrew Johns writes in his book, you know, the, the eighth immortal. The hardest team he played was that 94 Raiders team. No one hit as hard as Johnny Lomax and Quinton Pong. Yeah. And Ricky said that um, uh, through the week when, when we – I spoke to him on Saturday and said, "Look, mate, is there anything you'd like to say? We're going to put something out, obviously, on behalf of the club." And he just said, "I want you, to just want you to tell the truth. He is the toughest individual I've ever played with, and that mm. sums him up." Yeah, rated one four nine for Evergreen. And rest in peace. Scoring tries to me was for the pretty boys. And I didn't have the pace to score tries anyway. <laughs> so I had to get in and, and grind and wrestle and, and, and really earn the right to be respected. Pongiat takes it up now for Canberra. He is a hard man, you're exactly right. I've lived in Australia for 25 years, but my heart is black and white and it's always been like that. Meninga's on the blind side. Will they chance that? Stewart comes wide. Out for Bradley Clyde. Hedrington's on his left. Clyde looks to go the other way. He does that. And here's another try for Quinton Pongia. Quinton Pongia puts the ball down for the try. We need to believe in where we come from and draw on those roots and draw on those people and believe in that and take it out in the field and hold our ground and don't take a backward step. Alright gents, Rabbitohs 16, Raiders 12 and on the back of that emotion that day, that one hurt. That one really hurt. For me personally, I was involved with some stuff where I hosted a family going through some really tough times and it was their last game before they move away to be around 
some support. Um, the whole Quinton Pongia thing, the fact that we had five players out that were regular first graders, that spirited performance, the way we handled the forwards in the first half, well, the better team in the first half. The also, the little sub-technical plot is we didn't want to get those top two teams starting to skip away on, on the points table. All that mixed up into one big bag mm. and just to lose it towards the end after putting a spirited 80-minute performance, it still hurts. It does hurt. It def- definitely does in terms of the result, but you've got to take a lot of positives out of that oh, game. I mean, that was a. They talked about the game on Friday night between the, the Roosters and the Broncos being the game of the year. Well, I think it, that only that tag only lasted forty eight hours, or twenty four hours, because I thought our game was better than that. I mean, the the ebb and flow of the the contest. Um, both teams hardly made any errors. I mean, they gave a few. Pen- there was a fair few penalties in that game, but in terms of like the quality of footy, mm. um, you know, there was no one just dropping the ball cold or dropping off tackles and things like that. Every point was earned. We saw a yeah. 6-2 scoreline at halftime off the back of four penalty goals. We saw no tries. No tries. And then, yeah. um, you know, to go with a whisker of scoring the, the one at the end, um, it does hurt, but at least it shows that this team means business and we've gone within 10 points of the top two teams the last two weeks. So it's it, not that bad. And it shows Corey Horsburgh. And without outing him, you know, it's quite common knowledge. He he admits it as well. Of course, the South captain, Sam Burgess, get a little bit hot under the collar at times and it can cause a bit of ill-discipline in his football. That kind of happened, but that only happens for one reason when you get dominated by a pack and Tommy Logan, the boys, such a spirited effort and... We bounce out of that, no, and geez, we can really go pound for pound with the heavyweights, can't we? Yeah, that was probably definitely one of the most pleasing things for me uh, from that game was, you know, obviously we didn't get the result, but just the performances of guys like Hudson Young and Corey Horsburgh, the fact that they really stood up to, you know, such a big, I guess, player in, in Sam Burgess, and, you know, they just really sort of gave it gave it to him and just said, you know, we don't really we don't really care, like, mm. who you are or what you've done in the game. Like, I'll, you know, I'm going to get in your face if it means it, I'm going to get the better of you. And yeah. I thought that was really impressive. It's great science. There's no intimidation there. I don't there. know if they're going out there trying to to do that. I think it's just a matter of they want to do what's right for the team. Yeah. So they, they know that um, to win these big games you need to be aggressive and you need to uh, not take a backward step. And I think that's what they're doing. I mean, I saw a tweet from Willie Mason saying yeah. that um, they were disrespectful to a senior player. I don't think that's the case at all. And, and Brett White jumped off the back yeah. of that and said, it's not about that. It's about two young bulls going up against a, a seasoned player trying to do the best for their team, and that's all they were doing. Exactly. I mean, little bits be made of it, but I don't think that's their intention at all. I think they just want to win, and that's a great thing. When but your team wants to win, it's, yeah. a, it's a great sign. Well, the quality of Sam Burgess, you know, he needs, he deserves, you know, he needs a bit of extra attention but, because he's so influential in that team. But we had almost 17,000 there on the weekend, and, and we were a little bit disappointed that it wasn't more. I mean, that's a great thing too because yeah. we're striving to get bigger crowds through the gate by creating a good match day experience. I mean, it was only a few years ago where we were, you know, pulling crowds of six, 7,000 and it was it was quite disheartening to go to the game yeah. and, and watch the boys play. But, you know, the community's rallied right behind us. It's Indigenous round this weekend. The guys will be wearing a special Indigenous Love strip. It. We've got, um, obviously, Jack White and, and um, Seb Chris, uh, Aidan Caesar, all at the club who are proud Indigenous players and they get to represent their people and their culture this weekend. So it's an exciting time um, to be a Raiders fan and let's just hope a lot more people come out this weekend. All right, gents, let's do this. So I think a donut for all three of us last week. I wasn't here last week, so but uh, yes. Johnny stepped in and he got a donut as well. No yeah, prediction so, for him. So wah, 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 all three of us this week. Let's start with you, Benny. What do you got for us? Well, I'm going to stick with the Indigenous round theme. I'm going to select Jack Whiten. Uh, not to score a try, but I think he's going to have a hand in a couple. Two try assists for Jack. Um, 
which will hopefully see Jared Croker equal Jason Croker's mm. record of uh, Still 120 that, tries, two to go. So I'm not sure if Jared will get both of those, but I'm, I'm predicting Jack for two try assists, uh, and he'll bounce off that into a number 14 jersey for the New South Wales Blues. Wow. Ahead of uh, Cody that's, from uh, Cody Walker from yep. South. That's, that's, cool. that's some prediction, by the way. Well, I'm hoping Tommy, that, what do you got, mate? Yeah, well, I'm going to go with a, a double as well, but a, a tried, uh, two tries to Chance Nickel Cox out of... I've just got a feeling, maybe off the back of two Jack White and Trices, but who knows. I love what he's doing at the moment now. He's he's obviously spent that time early in the season getting himself into the game, and now he's Chazzy. popping up. He's now he's popping oh. up on both sides of the field, um, which we didn't see a lot of in the early games, and he's really starting to inject himself anywhere in the field. Dangerous player. He's so safe with that high ball as well. Like every time and we just choose fearless. him up, and he's he can fearless. just spring into step and, yep. and have a really strong carry. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my same one as last week. I'm gonna just keep that ticket. And I'm going to play it again. Mine was that Nicky to score two tries from centre. Nearly scored on the weekend. I think he's going to have a really strong game. He's had one week up his belly. Knows what's ahead of him defensively in an attack. And we're about to chat to him in a minute on the podcast. I'm going to give him my vote of confidence. Two tries for Nicky. Nicola Chotrich. I've got to kick it off by saying to this name, you're obsessed with calling. You, you, you've got the obviously the Eastern European <laughs> yes. blood flowing through your veins as well. So I'm a man that Nick, I can... Clear, clear this up for us. How do, you, how do we say your name properly? My surname's Chotrich. So Chotrich. Chotrich. Yeah, Chotrich. But everyone calls you Kotrick. So Kotrick, yeah. are you happy with the Aussie terminology of Kotrick as well? Easier, whatever the Anglo-Saxon. Okay. So because this, this happens a little bit in rugby league does. with guys changing names. We've had, Rapa, we've had yeah. Rapana, now he's Rapana. Yeah. We've had um, confusion between Horsburgh, Horsburg. We've had <laughs> Simonson, Simonson. And you've just thrown a Spaniard in the works here, Nick, yes. because of the, the Macedonians coming out of you. Well, I know more. That's I know I think I'm in the right position to say, I'm quite qualified to say that I was saying yep. that throughout uh, the last few years in our mm. call team and yep. uh, good old Chrissy Coleman, if you're listening, he was saying, hey, no, it's Cotrick. And I was like, mate, mate, mm. I'm as, as Macedonian and as Balkan as they come. Yeah, it's Cotrich. <laughs> and then there was a debate and then we cleared let's just, it and let's he just said, say, it's Cotrich. Okay, so Cotrich is his, uh, how he would say it in his, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, his homeland is yeah. how it would be said, but here in Australia, happy with Cotrick. Whatever, easy. I don't but I'm going to start using we'll Chotrich. I'm going to do the whole SBS <laughs> thing. Whatever you like. Cup, okay. it's I'm Chotrich. glad we've cleared that up. Nick, <laughs> let's talk some footy. Um, fantastic start to the season for the team. Um, been really exciting for you. Uh, you um, have an opportunity now um, playing at right centre, which you did for the first time last weekend. Tell us about how that experience was. Yeah, very exciting. You know, I haven't played um, in the centre since the 20s in SG Board, but... Um, yeah, been training there now, so just just getting those combos right, you know, with Sammy and um, or whoever's on the wing, older rapper. So yeah, just getting those combos together and just work on those little things. Yeah, such a really, um, I suppose, difficult situation that you you're put into this position. Obviously, with BJ um, having that injury and seeing what he's going through at the moment, I suppose for you to to to, um, to do it justice, you want to go out there and play well, not only for the team but also for him because you, you're yeah, in a definitely. you're in a role now where you're trying to fill his shoes until. Um, he's available to play again. Yeah, it's devastating news what happened with BJ. You know, I think all the boys feel sorry for him too. What happened, how it happened like that. Um, wish him all the best, a speedy recovery. And yeah, it's definitely big shoes to fill. You know, BJ is such a athletic freak of a player, you know. So he's just, yeah, I just got to get those combos right and just try my best and see what I can do for the team. Without embarrassing you, Nicky, you, you were quite successful there in the centres coming through the ranks. And there's also that little uh, that story that you really dominated playing the junior kangaroos there in the centres. How your brain works and how your brain processes the game of rugby league, it's almost like centre suits you. You know, you've got that strength, you can bust a tackle, you get that clear early ball. You had a great game on the weekend too. 
uh, some big strong runs, set up that try as well for Sammy. Is that somewhere that you'd like to stay long term? Um, I don't really mind to be honest. I like playing anywhere. You know, centers is fun too. I've always liked centers as a kid growing up. I'm wing also. You know, I'm just happy to play alongside these boys and just just playing great. You know, it doesn't matter where. I'm just happy to be on the field. This this is one thing that fascinates me with the modern game. Obviously, wingers and centers are very similar build, shape, big bodies. Um, you know, you've got to do those tough carries out of your own end. Do you think that you know playing at center, you can probably utilize a little bit more of your your energy? around the ball and, and what you can do in an explosive sense a little bit more because when you play wing in defence you've obviously got to drop back and and come up quite a bit so you're doing a few extra legs in the cage you, you kick returns and things like that centre you don't have to do that type of thing does that allow you to, to be a little bit more energetic when you do get the ball? Um, yeah I guess so you've got to reserve energy as much as you can but also in centre you're making a lot more tackles mm. in you on the wing so you still tire out there yeah, but You looked gassed towards the end there though. Yeah I was a bit gassed <laughs> <laughs> I got a shot in the rib and I couldn't really breathe there for a couple of minutes but um yeah, I think it's just get that second win, just getting used to that position, you know, just especially in grey, it's so much quicker than, especially in the centres, my first game, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's fast paced, really fast paced, you know, so I think it's just getting my body used to that position. When we spoke to Ricky last year, he was hesitant from taking you away from the wing because he didn't want to weaken his strength, you know, you're a good finisher there and in that kind of confined space down that short size, you can really cause some damage, your kick returns from, you know, from kicks, but I think now it's a good time. I think, it, and it worked. It was such a you just played so well. And I respect it during the week. You're excited about it. Um, yeah, I think uh, Santa could be the way to go for Mr. Chotrich. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Just take things slow and see where we go. Defensively, yeah. though, as well, did it um, more those one-on-one tackles. So you got more crucial defensive choices to make as well. Yeah, I guess so. It's more crucial. You know, you're going to make that one-on-one tackle. But so same as wing, I guess. If you come out and jam, you're going to make that shot or they score. You know, this is how it is at playing it in the outside backs. But um. <laughs> They yeah. also talk about though what is more crucial in the modern game is it the centre or the wingers? The wingers do so much. Wingers do so much work now these days. Those carries coming, you know, out of the own twenty there's, there's to finish no off. Doubt that the positions changed. I mm. um, Steve Roach used to say that wingers were just blokes that hung around footballers. That's but, right. You know, wingers are doing some of the most. Uh, they run, they're running some of the most meters. Hundred um, percent in a game. You know, they're getting their hands on a lot of ball out of yardage and things like that. So that the modern wingers are a completely different position than a guy who used to stand out there catch a cold and score the occasional try in the corner and, and what wingers can do to get the ball oh, into that in goal is amazing. Some of the stuff that we it's see amazing. week in, week out is crazy. And for you, Nick, um, having a guy like Oldie firstly playing inside at centre with you on the wing and then you guys reversed last week, that must have been um, good for your experience and smart by Ricky to, to shift Bailey to the other side of the field. So you... Both you and him both had a bit of experience around you? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oldie's had a lot of experience. You know, he's played both of those roles and he's real talkative out there and he's always talking now. So he's a big help there too. You know, if you're a bit tired, he goes, come on, mate, work harder, work harder. He's always pushing you to work that extra harder. And, it's, yeah, it's good having Oldie out there outside me too because he's always chit-chatting to me and mm. just, yeah, telling me to keep going. So, can, yeah, he's definitely good. Can you believe that you've played over 50 games already? Can you believe that? Has, does it, does uh, it feels believe. like yesterday where we were talking yeah. about your debut. I can't believe that cricket's going. Hey, I just still pinch myself sometimes, thinking far out. It's nearly my th- like I'm going to my third season here. It's gone. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. One of the senior leadership. That's right. It must be. Now. It must be great though for you that someone that's gone through that and done that. You see Bailey. You see Hudson Young, Corey Horsburgh, uh, JJ Collins, uh, all these. Um, Seb Chris on the weekend, another local junior, all making their um, debuts for the club this season, and and not only making their debuts but making an impact as well. I mean, that must be exciting for you, someone that's here. Uh, signed up long term to to have those guys around you and 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 have that excitement level go up the, up when they come onto the field. Yeah, definitely, it's good signs. You know, definitely like Bailey and Hutter playing with them, especially Simonson. I grew up playing Hutter Matthews with him to see him 
coming up through the grades too. It's it's a great it's great, you know, to see him playing grade two. Happy for him, he's a good fella. Hudson Young's been killing it, Corey too, and all those young fellas. It's good seeing him having more more time, you know, in the top grade and a lot more games. That come. You know what these young kids are going through now because you made your debut against the Cowboys, uh, well, quite ironically, a couple of years ago, round one there. Do you go in there and give them much advice saying, you know, to kind of calm them down before a game if you notice they might be a little bit edgy, a little bit, uh, a little bit nervous to get in there and give them a bit of peace of mind, a bit of brothership there? Well, a little bit. I guess with Bailey, just say, just do your own thing, mate. You know, you're here for a reason and he's been good, you know. He doesn't really get too nervous, I think. He just gets on with the job and... Does the job for us, so yeah, it's good. Seb Chris, as I mentioned, made his debut on the weekend. He only got a few minutes, but he got a taste. I mean, you take him into account yourself, Jared Croker, Sam Williams, Bailey Simonson, all these guys are local products. They've all played in the in the junior systems here. That That's a great thing for footy in this region. It, it gives kids something to aspire to, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's great to have a few local juniors you know, coming through the ranks, and it's good to see, especially at the club now, as you said, five, six juniors, and hopefully there's many more to come. Let's talk about... Um, obviously the one thing that you would like to do and you were so close to doing it last year and it's a, a week away from the first team being announced, Origin. Um, obviously you don't want to think about it too much before the, the team's potentially named but I'm sure you'd love to be there if given the opportunity. Oh yeah, definitely. It'll be a dream of mine come true, you know. Since I was a little kid I've always wanted to play Origin but at the moment I'm just focusing on, you know, just each week for the Raiders and just try to do the best I can for the club and yeah, just see what happens. Nicky, you were involved in that developing squad last year. Freddie got you... Amongst um, a good group of players there in the development aspect of it all, what does what does someone take from that? What did you bring back to the Raiders after spending a week there with some of those big names, with your Freddie Fittlers, with your Greg Alexanders, these these guys that you probably had their footy cards, or maybe even before your time? What do you bring back from there? Like obviously, he probably m- had guys in the team's footy cards. Exactly. <laughs> so, what do you bring back to that? Because obviously, that shows you that you're on the radar. That gives you a massive vote of confidence, saying I'm good enough to be around this mob. What did you bring back to the Raiders after that? I think it's just the experience, you know, that I was there and I, just the way they train, the way they play, you know, just the little things they do on and off the field, you can take that away from, you know, bring it back to the club. It's just they're just so professional, you know. And, just yeah, as I just said, the little things they do in the game is a big factor, you know, when it comes to origin and just, yeah, I guess just do the little things right and the rest will come. I think I remember you telling us a story before that you saw Papa just before the game and you wanted to say hello to him but weren't so sure if you were allowed to or not. Yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> you did at half time, didn't you? You walked off with him at half time. Yeah, half time we were in the chair. I saw that was the cameras got you. The cameras got you walking off. Nikki, last week, uh, big fortnight for the boys. Uh, you played team one, team two. Unfortunately, just just missed by a try, a really spirited effort, so especially last week. What have you guys learnt? What have you learnt personally and as a club? What do you reckon you guys have learnt in the part in the last fortnight? I guess just keep, you know, just keep to our processes and keep doing what we're doing at training and just work on those little things and, you know, it's going to come. It's going to come like those little close wins. we just got to keep working harder and just get better. It just, just can't get comfortable, you know. We ended up losing in the weekend, so we've got to be better this ne- next weekend, you know, and we just got to – everyone's got to lift that little bit extra more and, yeah, and we'll see what happens. Because there was an 80-minute performance required and you did. Yeah. You, you delivered that. But it just unfortunately just a couple of things to It was probably the one of the most complete performances the team had all season. Probably uh, in a couple of seasons. That's right. So it was it's disappointing, but you know, the hunger's there and I suppose the, the, the big um, thing for you guys is now to back it up because you play the Cowboys who haven't been travelling well but they've come into a bit of form of Tell late. And back they've in. got a couple of guys back in. Mm. I think Maguire might be back in as well. So yeah. no doubt you guys are, are gonna have to lift again. Yeah, definitely it's gonna be a tough matchup, you know. Cowboys are such a good team. 
past few weeks have been unlucky, but they won on the weekend against Para, and you just showed Tamla they're back, Maguire back too. So it's going to be yeah, a tough matchup. We've got to be on a game. Well, we better let you go, mate, because you've got to get to recovery and yeah, get that body right for this weekend. <laughs> um, thanks for having a chat to us, mate. I noticed you in there doing a few tricep extensions before, just looking after her up top there just before the weekend. Just a couple. Um, so thanks for chatting to us, mate, and um, we'll see you down there on the weekend. Thanks, guys. See you, Nicky. Celebrating the 30th anniversary of the Green Machine's epic 1989 Grand Final victory. This week, we speak to a man that played on the wing for the Mighty Raiders in season 1989. In fact, made the very first tackle in the Grand Final game against the Tigers of 89. Was on the end of many backline moves that resulted in the classic tries. This week, we go back in time to 89 with Raider number 103, Matthew Wood. How are you? Very well, thank you, Nick. Good to, good to have me on. Thanks very much. You started uh, in the grand final there on the wing, but you were a guy that, uh, geez, you really loved to finish a lot of those backline plays back in the day. Lots of tries you scored. Yeah, very lucky, Nick, um, to play on the end of, of such talented names and probably the best players of their era, to be honest. So um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be on the end of uh, a lot of good passes, mate. So uh <laughs> Very fortunate. Also had the responsibility of goal kicking at times as well. Yeah, I was a bit of a part timer, but um, did, did a little bit of it. Um, sort of shared it with Mal when I was in in the teams. So um, if Mal wasn't having a real good day, he'd normally hand me the ball and I'd have a crack. So, so it'd be a last minute thing saying, "Woodsy, you take it." Yeah, I'm not real good today. Can you do the kicking? No worries, no problem. So there was plenty of times that the percentage wasn't real good, mate, with the kicks. But um, thankfully, it wasn't as important back then. But um, it is as it is now. So, what was it like for you with your experience running out with these big stars? But some of the teams you played against, you know, like likes of South, the Sharks, Penrith, oh, yeah. and then the Tigers. Wow. Yeah. Oh, mate. To, to, to go back a step, so I used to be a Balmain supporter, right? Mm. So I used to. I just had posters on my wall like two years prior to, to actually going into grade <laughs> into grades with the Raiders and, and to actually play against the Tigers in the GF was like, yeah, it was just an experience that yeah, you, you, you'd probably reflect on now. Back then it was just like a bit of a blur to be honest because I was only 20 and um, that, I made my, my debut that season too earlier mm. in the year. So it was just a, the whole finals campaign and grand final was just... The fact that you <laughs> debuted that year as well and the run out on grand final day against the Tigers, against the, you know, like you said, mm. a team, a room full of those posters, you probably didn't know whether to make a, a tackle or get an autograph. <laughs> no, no, that's right. So thankfully enough, though, I made the first tackle of the game. So it's, wow. <laughs> thanks, thank God for the nerves, mate. It was all over after the first tackle, so... Look, that, that wing position back then, you know, was either yourself or Paul Martin. Was, yeah. there, was there a bit of a kind of interpersonal challenge and who would get picked on the wing or who would start on the bench that week? And what were the kind of conversations you had with Tim Sheens about it during that time? Uh, uh, not, not really. Um, I was, I was, like you said, I was fortunate enough to play, I think it was the last nine games, I think it was, in, in, um, in the run-up to the finals and then the GS. So... That that wasn't really an issue. No, I'm not looking over your shoulder, but there was there was plenty plenty of depth in the club. Um, yeah, um, you just took your chance when you had it. I guess was it was there a quicker game than '89 at all? Oh, uh, the grand really. final. Not really. No, no. I, I mean, I, I was lucky. I was on the wing, mate. But you <laughs> know, those those guys in the middle weight, it was just up and back, up and back. It just kept going all day. And um, 
Yeah, and it was you know for us it was pretty hot in in going to Sydney at finals time because yeah. we, were, we were used to the uh, the cooler conditions. And I, I remember uh, Bomber McRae had us training in um, in uh, in the hot <laughs> at the AIS to acclimatise in in, in 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 the hot rooms just to get you because you you get a hot uh, Sydney day at, at yeah. in September and it was quite warm for us. So yeah, we had to acclimatise to it. So yeah, the big boys really earned their money in the middle. So yeah. So obviously you look back at that now and that's obviously a career highlight for yourself uh, being involved in the inaugural Canberra Raiders Premiership, being part of that team that won, you know, that won the comp, the first team out, outside of the Sydney metropolitan area. Ironic, isn't it? Because I, I remember going to Seaford Oval as a kid uh, in the early 80s when the Raiders kicked off and it, and I was sort of half more interested in watching the Sydney teams, you know, mm. because we used to just watch the Sydney comp before the Raiders come in and... Um, and to go and see the, the great teams of the 80s come to Seaford Oval was a real buzz. But then to be part of the Raiders' late 80s, it was like, wow, this is pretty cool. So, <laughs> yeah, it was just, I was just fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time. Glenn Lazarus had the same thing a few weeks ago. He was a young yeah. kid going from Queenview and going to Seaford Oval. He was a massive Parramatta fan. And it was almost like, who are the Raiders playing this week? Which star do we <laughs> see? Is it a Peter Sterling or is it a, a Russell Fairfax from the Roosters or is it a, yeah. you know, who was, is it a Cliff Lyons from Manly? But then for yeah. you guys to go there because there's rugby league in your hometown and then, you know, fast forward a few years, you're there bringing back the Winfield Cup to Queen. Yeah. That, that just would have been such a surreal experience. Woodsy, one question I ask uh, some of your teammates uh, weekly on this podcast is, is there something you take out of that game, that 89 grand final experience from the kickoff till the end? Is there something you take out of that game, that experience, and apply to your life today? Well... Not, not necessarily that game, but what, what I would say is there's always something that we're naturally good at mm. in, in, in footy. You know, that might be speed or pass or whatever that might be. But what I take out of playing for the Raiders and not necessarily on grand final day was, you know, work on work on the things you're not good at <laughs> mm. because they're going to bite you at some stage if you don't work on them. And that could be anything in your game, but... Yeah, that's that's that would be my takeout, Nick. Anyway, Matthew Wood, thank you for joining us as we go back in time to '89 on the Behind the Limelight podcast. Thanks very much, Nick. Appreciate it.